Welcome to the What Fuck. It's our very first episode, so we're gonna get things started today. Um, as if you don't know and you haven't seen the trailer, we are gonna do a general discussion type of podcast on uh, things that we find that society views as taboo and stuff that you can't really talk about in the open and feel comfortable about. Uh, drug education, sexual orientation, um, anything that you know, the cancel culture right now seems to be like something huge that seems to be popping. And I, I don't really subscribe to most things like that, but I want to teach people and I want to talk about that and establish it in an unbiased way. So what we're going to do is we're going to explore different types of, uh, drugs in our first couple of segments. Um, drug education is something that I value, uh, to the highest degree. I think it is so underappreciated and the days of dare should be over. The fact that dare has been around since I was like three. I mean, it's been around since the eighties, honestly, before me, if you want to really go into the history of it and its failures. But, um, since I was like three, I mean, like when were you first introduced? And if you don't know, this is me, I'm Salem. And this is my co-host Mickey. And we are going to be joining you on the what fuck. So, yeah, join us in. Today's episode is going to be on MDMA. It is uh, something that I think it's cool as a first because it tends to be the first drug, like hard drug that people run into. Yeah, a lot of people really start out with this kind of thing because, you know, they're going to college. They, you know, first, you know, hearing about this kind of stuff because it's considered a party drug. You know, so a lot of people, they'll try it, you know, because it helps them not sleep. It helps them feel great for a little bit. You know, they think, oh, this is great. And, you know, not necessarily things like that are always going to be great. I mean, there's pros and cons, mm-hmm. uh, just like with anything. I mean, drugs help a lot of people and they honestly make the world go round if you think about it, because there's so many, yeah. so many things that can be taken from them that can be used, you know, to treat PTSD, anxiety, you know, insomnia, you know. I mean, even in a non-medical sense, they fuel the world's economy in a darker way than most people know. If you haven't watched Ozark and you don't know really cool stuff about, like, the drug economy, in 07 and 09, when the housing market crashed, drug fuels and like illegal drug sales is probably what held up the economy the best because that was the only money going into the banks at that time that was enough to fuel them to what they needed because if your bank doesn't have enough money they can't cover it and god i mean imagine if your bank ran out of money that would be the worst thing and yeah you know they even have insurance where they're like you're supposed to get money back it's 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 a whole complicated situation but that aside uh, yeah, that's why we think that in education is one of the most important things. So we're going to dive into that. When was the first time that you either heard about or encountered ecstasy in your life? For me, it was a couple months ago, probably up close to a year now, um, when I started to kind of learn about how all of this stuff kind of worked. It you know, of course, there's the two different types. You know, you have pure mm-hmm. molly, then you have the ecstasy, which, you know, we can kind of go into detail more of the differences between the two. Yeah, go later. ahead and um, real quick, though, like explain to me what you say 
is the difference between ecstasy and Molly. Like, I know what you mean by that, but what, right. what, what would you really mean by that so we can get it out there? To me, the best way to describe it is how Molly is more or less pure MDMA. It's a better, uh, I want to say, potency or concentrate of the chemical, I guess you could say. It's just a more pure form. Right. Essentially, you're looking at um, it being like, I mean, I've never really bought it with like pure. I mean, you probably see things like 80% pure Molly, like if you probably went on the dark web or something like that. Right. But I usually just got it from street people. It was right. usually just like powdered. But that, that was the most difference. Usually ecstasy was pills. Yeah. And Molly was powdered. Yeah. And that was usually the key difference in knowing whether we were going to get pure or impure. Because I'm going to be honest with you, in this day and age, pure ecstasy pills are extinct. Like, you can fight me on this if anybody listening wants to fucking fight me on this. I really don't care. That is in- extinct. If you run into a pill that has been pressed and it's pure, I mean, God, I'll give you a high five, dude. Because that shit is hard. I mean, people even make jokes about, like, yeah. take me back to the days when ecstasy used to be pure. You know what I mean? Like, people don't want to fucking sniff powders all the time. They want right. to fucking take a pill and forget about it. And, you know, unfortunately, profit got in the way of that shit. So now we have meth and coke yes. base. Like, when I was growing up, it was always, like, if you bought ecstasy, you would ask what base it was. And that's, I don't ever hear that anymore. Like, right. I don't, well, most people are probably buying it the way we were doing it to just like flip a couple of them. But like, I don't ever hear people talk about like X pills. Usually it's Molly. Like, it right. seems to be like ecstasy has gone downhill, which I'm all for because I'm not for impure stuff going out to the people. Yes. Because a lot of people don't really quite realize what all it's actually cut with and the dangers of that itself. Because, you know, you buy these pills, unless you have test kits, which I strongly advise if you don't have test kits and you're doing this stuff, please buy a test kit. It could potentially save your life because you don't quite know what exactly you're doing. And, you know, if you're putting some in your body that you don't necessarily want in there, then that's a great way to tell. Hell yeah, personal shout out to the bunk police because they fucking are the dopest like at least the first time i ever started hearing about test kits were through the bunk police so go with a test kit i swear yes. it'll save your life it can make you party better i mean it can be all everything you need it to be it's exactly what it says it is just to test your drugs and make sure they are what they say they are you know it is very important with this especially because you're only going to encounter it in its pill or its powdered form is to check it and make sure. I mean, uh, if you accidentally run into somebody who pressed a fentanyl ecstasy, then you might die, you know what I mean? Like, that was not around when I was a kid. And now it's around. So that's why we're saying, like, you should really look into these things. Now, I want to go a little bit into the history of it. Now, I was 14 the first time I took ecstasy and it was probably like the third drug I ever did. I, um, well, if you exclude alcohol, alcohol and cigarettes are the first thing that I ever, ever tried. And I fucking hated the alcohol. The cigarettes weren't bad, but I didn't love them. At first I wasn't inhaling them. Yes. And then, um, it was 
marijuana, Vicodin, and then ecstasy. And it ecstasy was the first thing that I fucking like was was fucked from. Right. And I'm talking about like we took it in uh, study hall at like noon, right after lunch, and it was a green apple supposedly a triple stack you know what a single stack or triple or a double stack is yes i do so those who don't know you're gonna run into single double triple and quad stacks usually on the street that means like one dose two dose three dose four dose just imagine that that's also a problem with the pill uh thing is you can't dose it correctly you don't really know how much went into that yes and if you happen to come across something that is you know double stack, triple stack, you know, et cetera, if it has that stuff that we were talking about, like fentanyl or, you know, some stuff that you really don't want in you. Shit, heroin. I wouldn't want yeah. that shit. They press a lot of these pills with heroin, meth. I mean... Cocaine seems to be, like, super numb. And if you don't yes. know, cocaine and uh, MDMA... Eve mixed, I mean, we'll go into it later, but it's yes. not the best thing... Uh, physiology for your body. I'm probably getting that word wrong. Yes, I'll probably get some words wrong myself because there's a lot of big words in the drug world. Um, so if I say something wrong, I apologize. This is all a learning curve to me because I'm just trying to give my experience and knowledge from just what I know to somebody who might be a little bit interested or just you know doesn't quite know what they're doing because you know. If you're taking X pills, I mean, you could really be damaging your body, you know, more than you even realize. Oh, yeah. I think somewhere I have a list of uh, the damages that are to your body from it. Like, yeah. the, the things that it does to your body. I mean, it has a very big list of pros and cons. And that's yes. something that you really want to weigh. You really want to understand. Like, I didn't when I understood MDMA, but I really didn't know it like till we were really told to research this now uh the you may ask why we're even doing this um the reasoning and at the time of our information getting to us um 21 million americans are estimated to be suffering through the ups and downs of addiction and recovery and roughly 74 percent of those usually tend to be dealing with alcohol now, what we were talking about earlier is alcohol can lead to other party drugs, especially in club settings. I promise yes. you, if you drank long enough at clubs, you're going to run into ecstasy and probably cocaine first. Which is necessarily pretty bad for your body in general because, you know, alcohol dehydrates you. So when you're adding dehydration on top of all these pills, all these, you know, powders... That stuff also dehydrates you, and you could honestly, you know, have a heat stroke because you know you're in a hot club, you know, you're dancing with your friends, you know, having fun. At the time, you're feeling pretty good. At the time, it's feeling fun, but that hangover at the end, if you even make it to the end, it's going to be pretty harsh on you. I mean, you're going to go almost all day of feeling like pure crap. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm not a fan of drinking in ecstasy. It's not. I I understand it, but I'm not a fan of it. Uh, it only took a couple of tries of that one for me really not to like it. Um, I was not, not really. I've never really been a roller. Let's just be honest. I I've done it a lot enough. Not 
let's not, I'm not a professional. I've done a lot of other drugs a lot more, but I have done it fair enough to have a good judgment on it and to be intrigued by it and to understand its pros and its cons. I've had good experience and I've had bad experiences with it. Uh, Mostly my bad experiences come from the pill form of it. Yes. Uh, Great experiences. Uh, we were talking about earlier, like, the most you've ever done earlier, and the most I've ever done in a night was sharing a ball with three people. And a ball is uh, 3.5 grams, if you are fucking an idiot and don't know what an eight ball is. Um, anywho, so let's go into the history of it a little bit. So in 1912, Merck Pharmaceuticals synthesized this, and they uh, – really didn't do anything with it until 1927 where they tried to do a series of studies on animals and they found nothing particular and then in the 50s it would be recruited for the mk ultra project but it really will not get known and it won't understand its uh pharmaceutical or therapeutic value until the 70s where you have a man enter sasha's uh uh, let me sasha solgan and he wanted to find more psychoactive chemicals that are going to, p- to be reactive to therapeutic uh, values. I could probably word that differently. But uh, in another term, like, they really wanted to find something that helps people connect to their therapist. And they really needed people to find a progression in that. And through that, he found that he was able to resynthesize it. And he enjoyed the effects of it because he self-tested it. And after that, he gave it to a man named Leo Zeth. And between the 70s and the 80s that he was doing that, nearly half a million doses were distributed to the, I guess, experimental community. Right. Between those half a million doses, some of them ended up on the street. And that's how it became known as... A street drug because mm-hmm. it would go to a place called the um, Stark Club, supposedly in Dallas. That's where it's going to get like its biggest name in Texas, mm-hmm. which I was not expecting like Texas to be it. I mean, right. from what I know about Texas, yeah, that makes sense. But like I was not expecting it. I was expecting it to be a California thing. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, so that's where it became, and that's like George Bush was known to go to that club, and from that club it became known as a party drug, and the yes. DEA caught sniffing around, and that's where we famously were found out at that time, this is the 80s, so Nancy Reagan was around doing her just say no, and there was being created and it was basically a bad time to have a really good drug out there right and it was um let's just say villainized like definitely villainized i know it has a worse name out there than it deserves um which most drugs tend to be you know looked at that way and frowned upon because of you know like I said, the hidden pros that, you know, they don't want to talk about. A lot of these companies, you know, people in power that, you know, don't want people to have these kind of things, you know, they don't want to speak on what's good that they're doing. You know, they don't want to talk about the actual, you know, good that, you know, these things can 
you know, do because, you know, they're, they don't want the, uh, well, they're not getting their money off of it. They're not getting taxed. You know, they're not getting their piece of the pie if you, you know. Yeah, you really don't want uh, something out there that can cure stuff that, I mean, doctors make $300 a visit for. Right. In three sessions where it takes like years of regular therapy right and you know people can synthesize it on their own you know you really don't want that out there on the street if you're trying to make money off of it yeah why cure something when you can treat something and bill them every step of the way oh yeah and that led the insurance business of it is just fucked i could only imagine like that's probably a reason why people are staying away from it as a therapy it's got to be an expensive therapy oh yeah because that's got to be very exclusive i've read some things of, on how awesome it is as a therapy mm-hmm. but I've not, i haven't looked into any of the pricing right and i think that uh i've looked at ketamine pricing before so it's got to be similar to that is what i feel like um but I feel like when you do therapy, they're probably going to inject you with it. Probably. And I'm... I don't know if I would ever bang uh, MDMA. I would never really bang anything unless a doctor's doing it. But right. let's just say I don't want MDMA straight to my veins. I'm not a... Like I said, not a huge fan of it. Uh, I'm more right. of like a give me some mushrooms type of person. Right. Which a lot of what you know MDMA is used for then treatment wise is you know ptsd you know a lot of people don't quite know what you know some people know that the things that these things can do but they don't actually know what they're going to be for and what they're actually trying to accomplish with it or what is even known to be you know at least semi-helpful i mean you know i don't have ptsd but i mean i've heard stories about you know the things that go on with it and i mean if what calms you down is, you know, a little bit MDMA, then, you know, more power to you. Because, I mean, you got to find what works. And, I mean, if it has that kind of healing you know, abilities, you know, why can't we go deeper into seeing, you know, why this is, you know, having such a positive response. And if it is having such a positive response, why can we not take this and, you know, amplify it to where we can help a more broad span of people with what you know have you is helping people yeah i mean like i i've never been diagnosed ptsd i do have some traumas that i'm sure i'm sure you could categorize it into some form of something but i don't want to really look at myself like that i'm sure i that some crazy stuff through uh, all the years of drug addiction that actually happened to me. Um, I'm sure there's some traumas there and that I'm always going to probably have pop up in my brain. I've gotten a lot better dealing with some of them. And I will say that some of that therapy comes from, um, you know, at least I know some of the psychoactive things that I have done have helped me understand and get a grip and i would have lost my mind a long time ago without them i know a lot of people who vouch for them i know a lot of people who have tripped for years rolled for years it's not something you want to do every single day but it is something that you know if you need if your soul is sick it can heal it 
It has the he chance to heal it or hurt it, from what I understand. Yes. And it all depends on how you view it. If you go out there and you're like, hey, man, I'm going to fucking take this drug. Like, let's party, let's get high. You're not respecting that thing. No. You're not showing any sign of safety. Like, But if you go, hey, I want this to be an experience. I want to grow from this. I want to understand my thought process. I want to dive deep into yourself. Yes. I mean, it's going to be a tool that you're not going to have... I mean, you'll get farther with that tool than anything else in the world. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I seriously, from what I've looked into, I mean, there are people who had the gun in their fucking mouth and they were like, you know what? Let me try this therapy last resort. And it helped them. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's not just one, two, three. I mean, we, we, we can go up to at least, I'm sure, hundreds of people. Right. You know what I mean? I'm sure not everybody is documented. Not everybody wants to admit it because of the villainous ways that it has. But right, um, it's 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 definitely a tool that I think is therapeutic. Right. Now, it supposedly does have some toxic values to it, which we need yes. to know. Now, it um, increases the heart rate. It's actually known as three four. Methylene dioxy and methamphetamine, which means that it is in the family of methamphetamine. Yes. That is something very serious that you need to understand when, yes. when knowing this. Like, it is a family member of meth. Yep. Let's Close not <laughs> let us let's not forget that. Like, yes. I don't care if, if meth is a family member of Adderall. It is bad. And yes. sometimes they mix it with meth. You know what I mean? Yes. So, like, even you, you can't, uh, sometimes you just can't get away from meth. You're never going to ever do it. It is just amphetamines have helped human beings. And It's it, in a lot of, like, prescriptions nowadays if you actually, like, take a look at your pill bottles and, you know, or just things that you've had in the past for, like, pain or, you know, what have you. You actually see that there's a lot of things that we have in normal society and our normal culture and way of life that has some type of meth in it. Yeah, or at least the ability to synthesize it from something. Yes. That's true. Because, um, I'll tell you, shake and bake is like the grossest fucking shit. And the fact that I'm sure that like people can make MDMA, I mean, in a basement, like... God, God knows what type of uh, impurities can happen to it, and you know you just invested all your money in that shit. You gotta flip it no matter what. Like right. you just gotta sell that sack and run the fuck away, and that sucks because that's how you get sick people. And unfortunately, like it's processed through the liver, which means that it's gonna uh, have a toxic effect on your liver, your kidneys. Uh, the fact that it's a stimulant is going to make your heart beat more. So yes. it is going to possibly cause heart palpitations. There are people, mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're going to hear about horror stories of people taking one pill for their first time and having a heart attack. And that's, I mean, some of the is true because of heart palpitations. Yeah. It is not something that you really want to deal with. Like you need to know your own body and before you can even think about like doing any drugs or at least know some of these bad side effects like the yeah. fact that um the reason you feel so great and the reason that it is called ecstasy is because of the influx of serotonin 
and then slightly in your dopamine, and then a little bit of norepinephrine, which is going to come from like that stimulant type of feeling, right. and your excitedness. Yeah. But it seems to uh, like lower the levels in people's fear-based part of their mind. So like mm-hmm. the emotions that are uh, related to fear seem to go down. So that's why people seem to feel more confident and they feel right. more open and like therapeutic wise that's amazing but you know and which a lot of people kind of don't understand that if they're doing this kind of thing in a bad mindset if they're not in a you know a good positive mindset going into it then they're just going to wind up having a bad experience because mostly what it likes to do is amplify your current emotions whether those be good those be bad it just kind of makes things a lot more intense than it actually already is. So if you're happy, then you'll have a good little time. But if you're, you know, in a bad place, you're depressed, you know, you're just trying to feel happy, ecstasy is not what you want to do because you're just going to feel like the worst human being, you know, yeah, taking it, a pill or two. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, I've had that experience. Mm-hmm. My, um... The thing that really made me say, no more, I'm not taking this shit, uh-uh, uh, I took a, <laughs> this is before I moved to Atlanta, that's funny, uh, I took a quad stack that they said was from Atlanta, and this guy goes, hey man, I just want to tell you, be careful, he called me back, he goes, be careful, this thing made a dude want to quit, and I was like, nah, I'm a fucking G, I can fucking handle it, and I fucking ate that whole fucking purple chopper, dude. And that thing had me fucked up. Let's talk about, like, a crazy night. Like, we were fuck. I was, like, laying out in front of this fucking apartment complex. We met some lady downstairs, and we were, like, talking to her. We ended up going inside of her house and, like, smoking cigarettes and smoking a joint with her. And, like, I don't even know who, like, whose mom or who the fuck this lady was. I was just, like, rolling in her fucking house. Just, like fucked up and it made me feel like my skin was like bursting with energy like i don't even know how to tell i've never liked amphetamines but that shit made me feel like you get temperature sensitive and then you're like energy it's just like you feel like if you don't stop everything you're gonna explode or at least i did like and it was like the only place i felt comfortable was in a hot shower so like all of a sudden we were chilling for a couple hours at this dude's house, and it was in a neighborhood called Steeplechase. I'm pretty sure. Um, you don't have to quote me on that one. Um, and I had to walk home, dude. I swear, I was like, I can't do this. I have to leave just suddenly. And I walked for like 35 minutes, like two neighborhoods down through River Bluff and into my neighborhood, uh, Hidden Haven, which you like, they're connected through the woods in a path, which was fucking awesome to grow up in that area. And I, and I should have been enjoying all this stuff, but I couldn't. It was just too fucking intense. I was just like, get my skin off of me. Like, I want to fucking, oh, it was just, it was awful, dude. Yes. And I just sat there and I took like eight showers. I swear to God, I took like eight showers that day. I would just like, like, I try to go to fucking sleep. And I bet you I had meth in it now that I think about it. But oh, most definitely. that thing made me not want to ever fucking do ecstasy again. And I just slowed the fuck. I was like, I'm never going to eat a pill of ecstasy again. And then uh, later on, like, Molly would pop up and I would do it and feel good or feel that intensity. It was really weird. Right. But I will not. I just don't like the pills. I don't like that impure shit. I can't, I can't be about it. You right. know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to risk my body like that. I could just take, I'll just take something else that I know is pure. You know what I mean? Right. 
because purity is kind of the the main thing we're trying to you know tell the audience about is because you know I've had a lot of people talking to me about oh yeah I really want to hear about X and you know I would actually ask people I'd be like hey have you ever done it just because I just was curious I was like I'm not gonna name any names I'm not gonna you know say who I asked but mm. the people who did say that they wanted to hear about this versus this I would say I just want to know have you ever done it I'm not I'm not gonna judge whatever yeah. and most people they were like well no but I thought about it and I was like well you know wait until you hear the episode because you're gonna kind of understand why you're glad that you didn't yeah i mean especially if you're kind of hesitant like that it sounds yeah. like sounds like you not, might not be ready man calm down smoke a little bit of weed first you know what i mean like yeah hey, see if that weed's intense if weed's intense to you don't fucking i mean yeah. I, I personally me i would just say that that would be the route i would take because right. like you know i'm not i i it does blow my mind that like uh, you were getting such good feedback from people because, yeah. like, that's awesome that people want to know, you know, about these things. Oh, yeah. People really, honestly, are curious a lot like I am, but a lot of people are kind of a little afraid to speak about it yeah. because, I mean, they feel like they're going to be judged. or You know, they think their family's going to look at them as an addict or, you know, just a junkie. I mean, you could have smoked... Like, I know this is somebody that, you know, I don't want to name names off of privacy, but, you mm-hmm. know, we used to work with. And, you know, she was smoking a little bit of weed. And, mm-hmm. you know, her parents, her family freaked, you know, out. And they're like, you know, you're, oh, you're blah, 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 whatever. And, I mean, that's not the way to look at it. I mean, oh, I hate it when that happens and fucking people are like, you're a fucking junkie. I don't understand this shit. You're smoking weed, you fucking piece of shit. I remember, like, my fucking stepdad did that to me, man. He was like, oh, I was, like, smoking a bowl outside of my mom's house behind her like a dumbass, thinking nobody would ever smell my fucking chronic-ass weed. And fucking he came home. Fucking came right around, and he was like, I should kick your fucking ass. And I was like, dude, you would kick my ass over the fucking pot. And, like, dude, it's just so crazy how people who don't understand, like, a basic getting high, like, they, they're they only yeah. used to, like, alcoholics and fucking junkies, so they're just scared of everything. Yeah, and that that's the point I was just about to make, is that I think they're mostly afraid of it. They're afraid that they don't understand it. Yeah. You know, think? yeah, because, you know, I have family members who if they knew, you know, anything about drugs, you know, they would be kind of like, oh, yeah, this is whatever. But I, if I had, or if I have family members, if I told them, I was like, yeah, I did this or I did that, they would be like, oh, you're a junkie or whatever. And it's like, no, I'm not a junkie. I'm just interested. Like, granted, I might not have done these things. Yeah. I was just interested in them, you know. So, I, sure, I Googled. I watched some stuff on YouTube because... At the end of the day, it's all science-related. Yeah. And that's a big thing for me is I love science. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Science, I think, is the most important fact, especially, like, if you're going to do drugs. You need to know the science of it. Like, you need to know exactly how your chemical is working. And that's why this is such an important one to be the first one that we're going to cover. Because it is such a misconception thing. People do not quite understand it all the time. The people who sell it want to explain it all the time. It's not like me just selling you a fucking Xanax and being like, look, man, don't 
take this whole thing. Like, this yeah. is how your milligram works. It's not like that, you know? If I sell you an X pill, I don't even fucking know about it. I just yeah. got it from the dude, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't fucking know. I got 12 of these I got to get rid of, and I know I got to go pack and pick up some more because I'm making fucking $10 on every pill. Right. Like, leave me alone, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Like, I, I know people would pick up, like, 20 of them, and at that point, you're probably getting them for, like, four or five dollars and you can flip that shit for 15 right and most of the time they were probably like ten dollars uh but you know you run into kids that are fucking like newbies you know yeah nobody gives a fuck like it's not fair to these new I mean, people I, to scare them off from the drugs like that right oh yeah i mean i've done it before where you know i've had some guys they'd be like oh hey can you give me some so-and-so because you know i know people yeah and they're like yeah i got you and then i sell them a you know, a gram of like catnip or whatever, you know, and they think, oh, that, that crap's crazy, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. Oh, God, I fucking hated that dude. I had a friend, the fucking, this is my dude. And this will tell you how long I've been fucking hanging around because this dude ended up being my fucking dealer mm-hmm. for years. And I knew him before he even smoked or did drugs. And these two quote unquote best friends of his would fucking spend all his money on weed. His mom would give him money for the weekend. They would spend all of his money on fucking weed, smoke the real shit, and give him catnip to smoke. And that was so fucked up that I would not let them do that when I started coming around. Like, it's not, he's not gonna fucking pay for this stuff. And me and him really blossomed into a great friendship. Right. You know what I mean? Like, way better than those two. Like, they ended up, we ended up beefing with those two, like, in Mm -hmm. the end. And it just, crazy man like i've seen people who just they can't handle shit and people who can't you know what i mean and it's it's scary you know but you gotta you gotta be educated yeah because you know once you start doing this stuff that's when you start getting into the actual damage on your body you know like there's not a lot that i can say that I know for a fact it does just because there's just a wide range of effects that this has, especially if you're doing it pretty regularly, which I would highly advise you to not do just because of the fact of what all could be in it and the fact that you're just putting an intense amount of who knows what in your system. But you can actually like damage your brain to the point where you're not producing you know, serotonin the way that you normally would, and that's like... For life. I'm glad that you brought that up because serotonin is like the most important thing that it deals with in your brain. Yes. So what happens, uh, you probably know this, but mm-hmm. what happens is when you take it, it attaches to your serotonin, a little bit to your norepinephrine and your mm-hmm. dopamine. We might have covered that earlier, but yes. um, mostly it just releases a bunch of serotonin. Yes. And the problem with that is that... As much as destroyed, it's got to, I mean, as much as created, it's got to destroy a bunch of serotonin. Yes. And that's why at the end of it, a lot of people hate their come down. So I could only imagine not being used to it. And you take, let's just say a, a good couple milligrams more than you should have taken. Yeah. And it's your first time. And then all of a sudden the next day you're depressed as fuck and it hits you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dosage is a very important part of any kind of drugs. <clears throat> you know, if you want to do them recreationally, if you if you just want to do it just to get, you know, messed up, you know, your dosage is always going to be your best friend because you need to know your limits and you need to know what like 
how much of what is actually going in. You know how much dosage used to matter to me? When I was growing up, I would literally like get on like Google and I'd be like, how much milligrams does it take to overdose on this? How much milligrams does it take to overdose on this? What is the lethal level of this? And I found out that like, for like, let's take morphine, for example. Mm -hmm. It takes like a hundred milligrams at the minimum, usually. Now, some people are a little lighter. Let's say they're, the word is opiate naive when you're talking medically. Um, But some around there, around 100, if administered in the wrong way, that's when you'll start to see signs of deadly overdose. Right. So some people say that, like, just getting high and fucked up, that's technically, I mean, technically it's an overdose because you weren't supposed to take that, you know what I mean? But, like, I'd say a real overdose is when your body is starting to, like, malfunction and and really damage it. You know, there are some things that you actually have to overdose to feel them. Uh, Let's take triple C's, and um, that's DXM. Yes. Do you know anything about that? I've heard of it, but I don't know too much. So but I would like to potentially do an episode about it. That's something we'll have to cover later, but that's usually around like the first like drugs that people do. Right. So that's something that like all within probably like the first three months of me ever trying to even dive into their waters encountered like this, this, and this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so it's all hand in hand. Not saying that it's everybody's path and they're all going to ever, like, go down this. But it seems like that these are common and it's probably because these are things that kids get access to easily, you know? Right. Like, kids don't have access to good drugs. Nobody wants to sell a fucking kid 12 Percocet and a fucking bag of heroin. You know what I mean? Like, nobody ever wants to do that. Right. At all. Nobody wants to give a fucking 14-year-old a bag of Coke. Like, nobody wants to really do that you'll do it if you gotta make enough money you'll fucking do it if you're like strung out yourself you know what i mean but right you're not gonna feel good about it you know what i mean and i've seen it i at a personal rate when i got old enough i stopped fucking with younger people you know what I mean? mm-hmm. and i'll say you know as a younger i don't know if i ever helped create some addictions and i'm so fucking sorry if i ever did but like uh, it's just something you gotta embrace, man. Like, and ecstasy mm-hmm. was like a big part of that, man. Like, yeah, it lasted for. I mean, like from at least ninth grade to twelfth, at least was mm-hmm. like a big thing. And then a lot of people I know just would like go out to like raves and stuff, and they would like do Molly and stuff yeah. like that. And that's okay. And I really personally don't really give a fuck about that. You know what I mean? But I do give a fuck about, like, the people who are like, man, I've never really taken ecstasy my first time. This dude gave me a bunch of pills. Which one should I take? And you're like, whoa, dude, you shouldn't even take any of those pills. Like, you've never taken this before? What are you talking about? Let, let Tell me your history real quick. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, sometimes I think that's the most important thing is just to have, like, know what somebody's history is like yeah if you're gonna be a good drug dealer you need to understand that and oh yeah and not I'll... advocating being a good drug dealer but you should like be a smart fucking person right right because i mean you don't want to you know necessarily steer somebody in the wrong way because i've actually know some friends who have said oh you know i'll take somebody again not gonna name names but they've not done a single drug whatsoever mm-hmm and they've talked to me about just starting off with DMT. And I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, God. No. That's, I, that was a mistake we made on accident. <laughs> That's something I but, fucking... 
Oh, God. But the thing is, is that you can't just not go from doing absolutely nothing to just <laughs> the most intense thing that you can find because, number one, you're going to ruin all those smaller victories that you can have on other things. Yeah. And plus, I mean... Yeah, what, that... that that Oh, God, that sucks. I uh, Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt on that one. No. Um, that's just a thought I had is that, like, I really wish Ecstasy would, like, MDMA hadn't been ruined with that quad stack that I take. Yeah. Because I really, like, I just, every every single time, therefore, I was always hesitant. Every single time I took it from there, I was always hesitant. And that makes you really a lot more self-analytical yeah. with yourself. And that's really not good when you're talking about tripping in any type yeah. of way. Rolling isn't exactly tripping, but it's close. Yeah. It's like, I'm fucking sped it up and I'm a little weird. Like, <laughs> but fucking, then there's this stuff. So MDMA also has this stuff. If you take the meth away and you just make it methylene deoxy amphetamine. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like that, I've never, uh, it's called SAS. If, if nobody's ever heard of it, it's called SAS. If you ever like are on the street and whatever hear about that shit it's called mda and for some reason this one ended up being a little bit more psychedelic like when i took it and this was like the most recent role i've ever taken like anything close to an ecstasy or anything this is the most recent it was uh gotta be last year when i was living uh closer to the train track area Mm -hmm. um and i was we took me and c we took a fucking um couple doses of it we had two of them man and fucking it was crazy like i um i really really did not expect it to uh be so fucking like psychedelic does that make sense like i really wasn't expecting all the visuals it really like when you pick up your phone and you can see like the that's always something i knew i was tripping um you'll pick up your phone and like the letters will squiggle so like you might not necessarily see visuals out here in the world but on my phone that shit looks crazy and i'm like expecting all the effects of like molly rolling and all that stuff and i'm starting to like i feel it and then i'm feeling like i'm tripping like at the same time and it was one of the coolest i'd say i would say if a lot of people want to try something cool in that area mda it's it's that one was pretty cool it was intense a little bit but i definitely felt more of a therapeutic value on that one because like we took it trying to like be sacred with it because that's that comes from the sassafras tree like it's a whole different it that's a whole different world i mean that's originally where mdma comes from Mm -hmm. but like Oh man, that's all. That's crazy how one little chemical alteration of it yeah. can make your effects. And that's why I'm saying, like, be careful fucking around with these ecstasy pills because these they can have a whole bunch of shit mixed into them. I yeah. could only imagine if you took a ecstasy that had two CI in it. 
And then you just start like tripping and rolling at the same time. God, that would suck so hard. And I'm sure they're out there probably named like some squiggly bar or something like that. Just something (laughs) stupid with SpongeBob's face melted onto it. Or Jack Skellington. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's just fucking crazy. But you can literally make... I've seen so much... I've seen Transformers. Those are the most popular. Teslas. Fucking Trans... I've never seen that. You've never seen a Tesla? No, I, I really haven't seen ecstasy pills in a long long well, except for like the random ones that were in yeah. people would show me on the street and i'd be like leave me alone i don't want to fuck with that yeah the uh, superman yeah and- man i know i'm not into all that stuff i really like at a certain i outgrew it i was just more of a fungi type of person like, yes just give me that natural shit i don't yeah. want anything i'm i'm so cool with like people who do it that's perfectly fine as long as you're safe but for mm. me I'm just not trying to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I already have to take shit that's unnatural. I can't. I don't want to fucking right. be on. Uh, it's just, that's just too intense for me. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just older. It's just, wasn't expecting to be such an old man about it. But, right. you know, it is what it is. At least, you know, most people are going to say, hey, go follow a D.A.R.E. program. Or, hey, go listen to a rehab or the AA book. Or be abstinent. Or just don't do it. But, like, a lot of people ain't going to teach you about it. And I think that's so important, and I'm so glad we're actually trying to do that. Right. Um, something that I think it's crazy, though, now with chronic use, it makes your heart beat a lot faster. We've discussed that. Mm-hmm. It causes something that uh, makes your heart become larger and more muscular, which cuts off the um, blood that's able to pump through it. Right. And, and then it can also make the valves in your heart bigger. Um, this can lead to like weakening of the heart, which can lead to, of course, cardiac arrest, mm-hmm. different type of heart disease. It's like I said, it's not chronic. It's not 100% safe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's therapeutic. It's great. If you ever want to look into therapy for it, you need to look up the organization MAPS. That's M-A-P-S. It stands for, um, oh, had that written down somewhere but it's all right we'll figure it out in a second um it's really cool it's like an organization that studies uh psychedelic disorders i'm not really trying to do it a shout out but if you want to look for it you can do your own google search um it's really cool they supplied us with a lot of the information that we needed to study on it and it was really really something that i figured out that like now that it's available in the world, I think people should utilize it. They should study yes. about it. It's really something that you should you should prize. That you live in the right. day and age where you can go to do ecstasy therapy. Like yeah. that's fucking dope. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it is. And which Googling is something that you know anybody should be doing if they're doing any kind of drugs. You know, you need to do your own research because you know we're we're not going to be able to tell you the outright specifics on absolutely everything you have to go in knowing what you're going up against otherwise i mean you can just get yourself messed up quite a lot let me just say number one thing that i found useful as a druggie drugs.com that is like the most fucking useful thing and it will tell you a list of interactions of different chemicals that you can take and every like diseases that interact with it different uh, people who have reported that this, like, say I take this and this, and it just doesn't have a good reaction for me. Like, yes. when I was younger, I took ibuprofen and Theraflu, and I broke out in hives a bunch. So, I'm just never going to take that combination again. 
So, right. you know, like, it's very good to utilize these things. And don't be afraid, you know what I mean? Like, if we can create more of a conversation about it, we can create more of, like, something that will help people. Does that make, like, or that's how I feel. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Which, you know, just taking anything and mixing it with just about anything is never that great of an idea. You know, do your research, make sure what you're mixing is safe, and, you know, never just take something just to see if it can get you messed up because that's when you start getting into the whole ordeal of what we covered earlier about how you're not taking it as a responsible manner and you're not respecting it and its therapeutic qualities versus you're just trying to get messed up which is ultimately going to end bad for not only for yourself but your body and your experience that you're you know about to take because i mean again with ecstasy you probably will have a bad experience with it if you go into it with that mindset. So Yeah, it's definitely uh something that can let's just say Molly has claws for sure. She can scratch you or she can hug you. It just depends on how you want to treat her, I guess. Yep. Um, you know, is there really any is there anything you wanna cover on Molly that you have any questions about? I mean, if we I kinda figured that if we got a good response from this, we could honestly dive a little deeper into the whole Molly thing and cover it as a whole. So what we should, yeah, that would be cool because it's it's got some really, really cool stuff going on with this. We might come back to it because I think that from what I've been learning, I think that it's something that you really should, people should really respect it a little bit more. And I really, really wish that I had respected it a little bit more now that I've learned about it because it's, it just seems like it's so powerful and the things yeah. that it can do are good and you know and it's just like you know like different medicines like how Adderall can really help some kids how uh Xanax and certain milligrams can help people how like people with pain need certain things imagine a world without painkillers god that would fucking suck you right. know what i mean even just in a minimal world that you didn't have ibuprofen that would really not be yeah. good and we are so fortunate to live in these yeah. times with access to these types of medicines I mean, and i value it oh yeah definitely i mean could you imagine going to the dentist to get a root canal and you know them saying all right you know we're about to start thinking bite down <laughs> yeah holy crap this is about to hurt because there's no nitrous oxide you know nitrous oxide isn't a thing because people are saying oh drugs are bad you know which nitrous oxide is a whole other thing that we're gonna talk about at a later date but i mean painkillers are great i mean if we didn't have them god yeah it is listed as one of the like I know it's in the top five most important medicines is painkillers. Like, that yeah. is definitely, like, penicillin is up there, and then, like, it's up yeah. there. And I, I'm sure somewhere along that line, if we would even pass, like, number 10, 20, I'm sure MDMA has got to be up there somewhere. It's got to have such an insane therapeutic value. From oh, yeah. what I was understanding, a lot of soldiers mm -hmm. were having years of problems in therapy that was, like, it's treatment-resistant is mm -hmm. what it's called. And then um, it takes like up to some people have longer. Some people were recording an average of five sessions and they were getting progress that they felt like they hadn't gotten in years. Right. And that's something that, I mean, should not be ignored. That is something that is so 
amazing just by itself i feel like that could just be the that that could be the end of it we could have just started like hey this shit just it it's great for therapy that's right. the end of it you know what i mean but you know it's not 100 percent black and white like that it, it has its negatives you know what i mean it's yeah. still a drug that can affect your body and let's just be honest unless you're living the 100 percent natural like mm-hmm. quote unquote what god intended for you um it's you know there's a chance of damage from anything oh yeah you know i just think that people really want to understand that and that education is so i mean we i won't stop talking about it like Mm -hmm. it is so important and you have to know that yeah and that's why i think i've at least on my social medias i've had a pretty decent little um you know response to this because you know like i was selling earlier i mean people want to know about this stuff people want to learn without feeling ashamed that they're learning yeah and they really want to know about it like in specific details they don't want to just know that like in 1995 this was created like yeah they want to know about some history of it they want to know like personal stories about it you know they they want to know that i was thinking earlier it's called the horror and the glory stories you know what i mean like you want to know both about it you really want to look at it from a view of like all right how would it work as a medicine you yeah. know what i mean if we were going to like put this app for people to get help with it and use it how would we do it how should we look at it what are its side effects what are its negative side effects and right. the fact that we can break down all of these barriers and look at different things that you know have only gone by names let's yeah. just say you know like when you ask for shit like X or, you know, yeah. perk or stuff like that. You don't really know what you're taking. Oh, Half yeah. the people I know out there, they had a, a vague idea of mm-hmm. what they were taking. And I had to, you know, it was not that hard to teach them at the end of the day. But, you know, yeah. it was getting that little bit of wanting to learn. Most people do want to be safer about it. They won't be at the end of the day. You know, we're always going to have people dying and overdosing, and that really sucks, but we can do something about these numbers of people doing that. You know, we can do something to get the villainous names away from things. Yeah, that's what I really hope that our podcast actually kind of does because, you know, if we can potentially help somebody, that'd be pretty great. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, I just want to thank you again for joining me today and i'm glad we can get this podcast rolling um that was the what fuck join us again and we will be discussing uh we're still looking for a topic on the next episode but let us know what you think if you like this and maybe we'll continue going on we'll just see how the response is going we appreciate you yep thank you